It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is July 27th, 2020. My name is Philip Ross I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. A busy show today. As the Orlando Magic get ready to play their final scrimmage against the Denver Nuggets on Monday, we'll preview that game. We'll recap Saturday's game against the Los Angeles Lakers. And, oh yeah, Jonathan Isaac is going to be back for Monday's game against the Nuggets. We'll talk about all that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. They're searching every download podcast for Locked On and the show you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail. There's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on the Denver Nuggets and their preview of their game against the Orlando Magic and what is the deal with the big lineup that they run? Check out Locked On Nuggets. You can find that podcast plus all the great podcasts in the NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, and College 2. The Search a Gravy Download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Today's episode is also brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Only at rockauto.com. Well, not only, but you should, should go there. Also, be sure to start your morning with the news that matters in just 10 minutes. Axios, host, Axios Today host Nyla Boudou and a team of award-winning journalists bring you the latest analysis and insight into the trends shaping our world. Check that out. Axios Today. So... I'm not going to bury the lead here. The most important thing for you to know about the Orlando Magic on this Monday is that Jonathan Isaac will make his return to the court in Monday's final scrimmage. Josh, Josh Robbins of The Athletic was the first report. Uh, Roy Perry of the Orlando Sentinel confirmed it later that Jonathan Isaac had been cleared to play and that the Magic had decided that he will play on Monday's game or in Monday's game. We don't, as of recording here on Sunday night, we don't yet know how long he'll play or what role he'll play. I'd imagine it won't be very long. I don't imagine he'll be out there very much. But it's very, very good news, obviously, that Isaac is going to be back out on the floor. Not only because the Nuggets play a ridiculously big lineup, but because Jonathan Isaac is a really, really, really good player uh, and obviously one of the most important players on the Magic roster. Jonathan Isaac was having a career year before... Uh, his injury on January 1st when his leg wrapped around Bradley Beal's leg on a fast break and he suffered what's known as a posterior lateral quarter injury to his left knee. It has been a long road to recovery for him and certainly the pandemic uh, threw a wrench in a lot of those plans. But the one, I guess, silver lining to the pandemic is that it gave Isaac time to recover. There was a very, very small chance, if not no chance, 
that Isaac would have played before the end of the regular season. I think when the injury first happened and I saw the original timeline, I was like, there's a potential that he could play late March, early April to get ready for the playoffs. But at that point, it seemed pretty pretty fair to believe that the Magic were going to hold him out. I would agree that the pandemic probably kept him off the court longer than he would have otherwise been. But at the time that the pandemic took place, or when, when everything began to shut down, uh, Isaac was already doing some light shooting drills and traveling with the team, which is a very, very good sign. Uh, but he mostly had to do his rehab away from the Advent Health Practices facility. And of course, without access to a basketball so that his basketball skills and could, could kind of keep up with his rehab. Um, he was running, though, when, when they were able to get back into the Advent Health Practice facility, which, is, which was a good sign. And Isaac was slowly progressing. Uh, the big news on, on uh, late last week on Thursday and Friday was that Isaac had participated in five-on-five drills, as, as had Markel Fultz, actually and participate fully in contact practice. All the signs were indeed pointing toward Isaac making a return to the court. So this is undoubtedly very, very good news because Jonathan Isaac is a frankly transformative player uh, for the Orlando Magic. That's that's really the only way that I can accurately describe it. Um, he is uh, such a big part of the Magic's future and such a key player for the team. His stats don't really do it complete justice, but he was averaging career highs with uh, 12, with a um, 12, I'm trying to find the stats here, sorry, I don't have them up, uh, 12 points per game, 6.9 rebounds per game. More impressively, Isaac led the league in stocks, which is kind of internet shorthand for steals plus blocks, with 1.6 steals and 2.4 blocks per game. It isn't just the numbers that matter. Rick Carlisle had exceedingly glowing words about Jonathan Isaac after he nearly put up a 5 by 5 on the Mavericks in early November, or in mid-November. To say the least, Jonathan Isaac was well on his way to being named to, an all, to his first all-defensive team, and it was looking to be the first of many. That, of course, is put on hold because Isaac simply has not played enough games. He played only about 30-some-odd games uh, with the injury happening January 1st. At this point, I wouldn't expect Isaac to do more than play about five minutes at a time off the bench. I think the Magic will still be very, very careful, but Steve Clifford has said while in the bubble, while Isaac was still making progress, that the Magic know how important he is. They've discussed with Isaac how how important he is to this team's future, uh, and they don't want to push him faster than he will allow. They want to win, obviously, but they know that there is a bigger picture here, and that explains how they've kind of treated Mobamba during this during the reset as well, uh, and, and to some extent Markel Fultz, who, who I, would, I would also suspect will play Monday, but but we'll we'll see. And again, same kind of deal, very limited minutes, kind of short spurts, uh, just to kind of check where his conditioning is at. Um, but again, undoubtedly, anytime you get a player back from a major injury, it is a positive. It is a good thing. It is something that will help the team. You know, we'll talk about the Denver Nuggets here. The Denver Nuggets are playing some funky lineups right now. Um, you know, they got Nikola Jokic essentially playing point guard with Jamal Murray still out. They've been playing Bull Bull a lot at like small forward. So they've been they've been running all their bigs out there. So the more big bodies you have to throw at this team, the better. Because the Magic do want to use this game as something of a dress rehearsal. Steve Clifford said um on on Sunday, on Sunday and after Saturday's game, that the idea for this final scrimmage on Monday is to play their kind of normal playing groups or to try and play more of their normal playing groups. You probably, again, may not see guys play all the way to the fourth quarter, play their normal minutes, 
Um, but again, it's about slowly ramping things up and kind of getting a feel for how a game is going to be like. Both both the scrimmage on Wednesday and the scrimmage on Saturday, it was kind of, you know, starting unit, bench unit, just five guys in and out. Um, it wasn't really anything more than that. So it, it does seem like the Magic are gearing toward kind of playing more normal groups. And Isaac's going to be a part of that, obviously. And and the Magic will be without Wesawunde, who, who suffered a concussion in Saturday's game after a nasty fall. You know, they need all the depth they can get on the wings um, at, at this point. Um, but again, the news here is that Jonathan Isaac will be back on the floor. It's something that Magic fans have asked me about, have asked everyone about when it comes to this team. is the biggest mystery of this team and, um, and, and potentially the biggest impact of this team because you would hope that after two weeks of playing through seeding round games, Isaac could get back to something resembling his more normal minutes, perhaps get back into that starting lineup, and perhaps make a real impact in the playoffs. I don't want to put the cart before the horse. I, I, I want to keep saying to be cautious, to, to be patient with this, and to not go too far ahead of things um, uh, with Jonathan Isaac. Uh, you know, I, I think it's, it's obviously really, really good. I'm really excited. I, I think most people around the NBA are excited that he's going to be back because he is a very, very interesting young player. Um, but it's definitely going to be a work in progress, um, and it's definitely going to be um, a good thing for the Magic, and that they'll continue to be cautious and monitor how he's feeling and monitor his health. So Jonathan Isaac will be back in the Orlando Magic lineup or somewhere in the Orlando Magic rotation for Monday's game against the Denver Nuggets. Tip-off is at 7 o'clock. Unfortunately, Magic fans, that game will only be available on Fox Sports Go. It'll be tape-delayed and aired at midnight on Monday if you want to watch it on your TV. We'll have complete coverage of that game coming up here on Locked on Magic uh, after the game. And of course, you can follow us along on Twitter at OMagicDaily. A lot of things are moving online, including basketball games. But uh, but one thing that has moved online that has been a big boost to, to everyone who, 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 do, who deals with this is shopping to fix your car, to, to any part you might need for your car, to make your car your very own. It can be so daunting to walk into the auto part dealership and auto parts store, the dealership, wherever you go, um, and not know if they have exactly what you need or they have something close to what you need, but not the exact part you need. Well, you don't have to have that guesswork when it comes to rockauto.com. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for the last 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. 
part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So let's talk about Saturday's game. The Orlando Magic faced the Los Angeles Lakers Saturday in their second scrimmage. It was, again, kind of a get out and kind of feel their way through the game. It, it wasn't really you know, it, it wasn't really about winning or losing the game. It's, it still isn't. I don't even think Monday's really about winning or losing the game. But it's about simply trying to make progress, trying to feel a little bit more comfortable on the floor and, and get into a little bit better rhythm. It's about conditioning. It's about all that stuff. Um, and like Wednesday's game, which Wednesday's game I felt very encouraged by. You know, I think the Magic looked better than I expected them to. Saturday's game was a bit more of a mixed bag. The Orlando Magic fell to the Los Angeles Lakers 119-112. to Again, final result not super important. Deion Waiters, I think, had 7 of his 12 points in the final 2 minutes to kind of hold the Magic off and keep them at bay. Um, but again, that's not what's really important. What's really important is how the Magic played and kind of how the Magic got there. And that part was certainly a, a bit of a ride. The Orlando Magic simply could not make shots. Um, it, it's, it's, it's really kind of that simple. It's not, it's not the entire story, but it's kind of that simple. Orlando for the game shoots 34 for 99, just 34.3% from the floor, and 7 for 39 from beyond the arc. They continue to struggle from 3, and 39 three-pointers is still way too much in a 48-minute game. I've always said that the Magic's target for three-point attempts is probably 30, which they can make like 12 of, and and I I think that would be be solid. Um, But again, not even that tells the whole story. In the first half, the Magic shot 11 of 50. 11 of 50 from the floor. And... Yes, like Wednesday, there was a stretch where they got frustrated and could not get good shots. I thought the Lakers, especially early on, played with a lot more energy, even with the noon start. Um, They were swarming the Magic. They were playing much more physically. And Orlando just, you know, Orlando wasn't into the game defensively. And I think that's honestly the biggest, biggest issue for the Magic right now. It's not that they're not making shots. I, I think that's something they can recover from, but we'll get into that. I still think the biggest issue for the Magic right now is they're not playing with any physicality on defense. Their defense has not looked good. And that is something that obviously um, Steve Clifford has put an emphasis on and has, has tried to um, tried to, to, to say that this, you know, this is what we got to get right. We got to get our defense right. And Jonathan Isaac will certainly help him in that, in that front in the minutes that he plays. Um, but the defense just hasn't been there. Uh, even against the Clippers, I thought defense was, partic- was particularly soft and, and not great. Um, uh, and the Lakers were throwing the ball around. Orlando's defensive activity picked up in the second half just like it did against the Clippers. So again, Orlando made some nice adjustments. They, they at least got back to where they were by the end of the game. But the first half was the first half was really, really rough. And, you know, yes, the Lakers are a very good team. Yes, LeBron James, even when he's playing at half speed, which he kind of was, can dominate a game. Uh, Anthony Davis, before he left the game, after after getting poked in the eye, dominated the game. He had nine points and ten rebounds in nine minutes of play. Um, you know the Magic just the Magic from the very start of the game just were not ready to play. Um, that that's that and, and Clifford said as much um, in in his press availability Sunday. Just the the Magic just were not ready to play uh, at the tip, uh, and it was clear the Lakers took it to him, just kind of beat him up early. You know, and it wasn't, and, and, you know, honestly, like, Orlando could have stopped the bleeding, um, but they were missing shots. Um, you know, they, 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 I thought overall, 
first first quarter, second quarter for most of it at least, they moved the ball well. They got open shots. They didn't really settle for a whole lot. Settle for a whole lot of bad shots. They got caught in some traps, and I think the Lakers' physicality got to them. Um, but Orlando, I thought, got decent looks and moved the ball decently well. And so I was encouraged by that. But they missed the shots, and whatever excuse they have for missing the shots, and there certainly are some good ones. Um, when the games count, they got to make those shots. And and so far in the two games, in Wednesday's game and in Saturday's game, they have not proven that they can hit those shots. Um, so that is. That is a big red marker that, that I think we want to see the Magic kind of correct in Monday's game. At least show signs that they're moving in the right direction. Again, you shoot 11 for 50 in the first half. You're expecting to get blown out. Um, the Magic were down by as much as 19 in the game. Um, but they cut the lead down to 13 uh, by halftime. And a lot of that's because they were able to get to the foul line. The Lakers, you know, were not playing at their best yet. You know, they had some some inspired defensive moments, but... They look like a preseason team, too. Throwing the ball around, turning the ball over a lot, uh, and fouling a ton. The Lakers had 34 fouls, which turned into uh, uh, 44 free-throw attempts for the Orlando Magic. They had 23 turnovers that turned into 37 points for the Magic. So Orlando was able to at least create some turnovers, force some mistakes, uh, especially when they picked up the the energy defensively. Um, They did a lot of things really, really well. And and again, they outscored the Lakers 65-59 to in in the second half. Um, outscored them 28 to 25 after going down 35-19 uh, after the first quarter. Or- Orlando did some good things. Again, the-, the-, the issue was they could not hit shots, especially early on, and, the- and they were struggling to just kind of pick up some momentum uh, by making shots. Uh, you know, again, it- 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 it's a simple game. Um, you know, I was thinking about how I was going to lead this when I was considering recording a podcast on Saturday night. And once the games begin, I'll, I'll start recording podcasts uh, to-, to recap games because these all these games are essentially playoff games at this point. Um, I was thinking of, thinking of telling the story like you know uh, when, when I was at Northwestern um, when I was in college our senior year the t- you know the t-shirts that they gave to all the students was make shots and, and I, I covered the basketball team for a while um, and make shots was literally written all over the, the, the basketball you know facility um, and, and the basketball practice area and it was kind of the, the team motto and uh, the story that I was told was when the marketing director came to the basketball team, came to the basketball coach, Bill Carmody at the time, and said, hey, you know, make shots is written all over the place. Do you want to make that the t-shirt? And Bill kind of, Bill Carmody, who is, you know, one of the great characters in, in basketball and, and, and a great coach despite his struggles at Northwestern, um, Bill said, well, it is the point of the game after all. Game is really simple sometimes. Um, you know, you win, you win and lose games based on whether you're able to make shots or you're able to get good shots. And then really, you know, coaching is about getting guys in the right positions to get good shots more than anything else, but it's still up to the players to make those shots. The Magic right now are not making shots. Um, that was kind of the big takeaway from this game. Um, again, I, I, as I told a lot of people, you know, some of it is excused. Um, some of it is this team is still seeking to find a rhythm, still seeking a way uh, to, to, to get themselves kind of back into the groove of things, which we'll talk about here in just a moment. Um, they had just done a very, phys- a very physical and, and hard practice on Friday, and so there's probably some, some remnants of that. The Magic, you know, are currently in, in a stretch where they're, they're practicing or playing for seven straight days. Um, they're planning to take Tuesday off after Monday's game. So definitely some fatigue setting in, which, again, you're going to have to deal with. You're playing eight games in 15 days. You're, you're going to have to deal with fatigue. Um, and so none of this is to excuse it. Um, it might explain it, um, and I explained some of the some of the struggles. And, and certainly the Magic, I think, their priorities are not necessarily on the scrimmages and, and winning those scrimmages, which is okay at this point. 
Um, but uh, uh, Clifford said it after the game. These are shots the Magic have to make when the games count starting Friday. These are opportunities the Magic have to take advantage of when the games count starting Friday. And right now, the Magic are doing a lot of things really, really well. Um, it, the, I, I, honestly, except for stretches where they get frustrated, and there's been a lot of stretches where they've been frustrated so far. Except for those stretches, Orlando's done a good job moving the ball and getting open shots. I have been pleased with the Magic's uh, shot selection for the most part. Uh, again, there's moments of frustration. There's long stretches of frustration. Um, and and they're, they're playing some lineups that, frankly, will not play together. Um, I'm more concerned at this point about their defense and their offense. Um, I, 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 the defense just hasn't been good. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's all I can say. I mean, the Lakers put up a 117.8 offensive rating. Uh, in this game, um, they shoot really, really well. They're they're able to to still create points even with all the turnovers, even with everything else. The magic, the magic are not going to outscore teams in this situ in this bubble. Um, that's that's the plain truth. And Orlando's offense, by the way, despite shooting so poorly, one hundred nine point eight offensive rating. It wasn't like they weren't able to score. They were able to find points eventually. It was it was a bit of a struggle, but they were able to find them eventually. Um, but. Um, and, and again, Orlando goes 11 for 22, 11 for 50 in the first in the first half. They make 11 of the first 15 field goals in the second half. So they they were able to turn around. They were able to make it a game. They took a lead briefly in the fourth quarter thanks to Mo Bamba. Um, but again, I am less concerned about the shooting and more concerned about the defense. The defense needs to up its physicality. They need to be into the ball a little bit more. They need to dictate tempo a little bit more. I, I do want to see them increase their pace. I think Marco Fultz will help a ton with that. Um, but... Overall, you know, did the Magic make progress on Saturday? I I can't say that they did, and that's mostly the disappointing thing. It didn't look like the Magic were, were closer to being ready. It looked like they were at the same spot. Um, you know, they got blitzed early by a very, very good team. They got put down in a hole. They kept fighting, which is good. The coaching staff made adjustments. The players executed those adjustments, which is good. They stayed in the game. They gave themselves a uh, you know a little bit of a chance at the end until their starters came out. Their starters in the second half, the starters uh, beat the Lakers starters um, again. No Anthony Davis, um, and at least they broke even. Um, which you know, I, 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 for a half, I'm okay with that. But of course, it's about putting all those pieces together, and that's that's really where the magic are at now. Needing to put a lot of those pieces together uh, to, to kind of make that next step. The Orlando Magic fall to the Los Angeles Lakers 119 to 112 uh, in their second scrimmage. They'll play their final scrimmage Monday against the Denver Nuggets at 7 p.m. Again, that game not on TV live. It'll be tape delayed at midnight on Fox Sports Florida. It'll air on Fox Sports Go, the app, at 7 p.m. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's run through that final box score from Saturday's game, as we always do after games here on Locked On Magic. Again, the Orlando Magic struggled to shoot all game long. It's 11-50 in the first half. Uh, obviously, they turned that around just a hair in the second half to score 65 points and make it a game, losing 119 
to 112. Orlando's led in scoring by DJ Augustine. 21 points, 6 for 7 shooting, made both of his three-pointers, 7 for 7 from the foul line, 5 assists. Really the only Magic player who consistently was able to make shots all game long. You know, DJ does what DJ does. And after struggling a lot, I felt like in Wednesday's game, it was good to see him kind of turn a little bit of a corner and find uh, some rhythm. Uh, he's very good at just kind of keeping his dribble alive and, and driving into the lane and kind of finding creases and and, and ways to get his shot off. Um, you know, he's a really crafty player. Um, my only complaint with DJ um, is it, it, it was abundantly clear that the team's pace wasn't great. Um, the team wasn't moving uh, that effectively, wasn't moving very, very well. Um, they weren't getting kind of into the open spaces and, and, and getting out in transition like they they normally do. And it was, it was just very, very clear that, that the team just wasn't operating uh, sort of as normal or as they need to. Um, it is It has been a fair criticism of DJ Augustine. He's a little bit of a, a ball control guy. Um, you know, the ball stays in his hands a lot. He's dribbling a lot. Um, and, and that slows things down because it's not about you know up and down pace. It's within the offense pace. And, I, and I've just felt like, especially early on in the game, when the Lakers were really kind of asserting their will, the Magic just were not getting into their sets quick enough. They weren't they weren't kind of moving the ball really really quickly. And, and that's something that Markel Fultz is obviously much better at than DJ Augustine. Um, but um, Augustine was able to get his individual game going. Um, I, I do think that he contributed a little bit to the Magic's overall problems. Um, again, this is nothing new with DJ Augustine. He's he's always kind of been a, a slower paced player and, and kind of slowed the team down just a hair. Michael Carter Williams off the bench again with 15 points, four for 15 shooting, missed all five of his three pointers, seven for seven from the foul line. Eight rebounds, three assists. Carter Williams, um, again, the thing with Carter Williams is he is going to go, he's going to get to the basket. He's going to get in the lane. He's going to create havoc that way when you get the ball in his hands. And with the Magic, without Marco Fultz, Carter Williams was playing on the ball with that second unit and, and, and kind of leading the charge. And so that's just kind of what he does. That's that's kind of his game. And so I think he does actually work better with a second point guard on the floor. And I think that's been kind of made clear. But in a game where the Magic were struggling to shoot, it was good to see someone willing to kind of create and force the issue. That's what Carter Williams does. That's what his main purpose is on the floor, is to kind of force and create that issue, make things happen for the team. And that's what he did once again in this game. That's what he did for the team. For the team. And so obviously a, a really good game, you know, or not a really good game, but a solid outing for Carter Williams when you kind of scale back his minutes and kind of scale back the time he's on the ball, I think we'll see a much more effective player. And again, pace is a big thing. Carter Williams does a good job. Kind of, again, forcing the issue and, and pushing the pace for the team. Aaron Gordon scores 14 points, 5 for 13 shooting, 2 for 5 from beyond the arc. Um, I thought Aaron was pretty good throughout the game, especially in the third quarter. He got his game. He got things going, got moving toward the basket a little bit more. Um, lots of times where he, you know, missed some open shots, which which happens, which I'm, I'm going to still excuse at the moment, um, although not entirely. Um, I, I, there were a few moments where he gave into frustration and did his over dribbling thing, uh, and, and you could just say, you could just tell, you know, when he's when he's doing those dribble moves and he's just kind of holding it for too long. You're just like kind of move, you know, move the ball, Aaron. That's that's where this team makes its money. It, it's not going to beat beat anyone off the dribble like that. Um, but Aaron kind of got himself got himself right. Um, you know, defensively struggled a lot when he had to guard Anthony Davis. Um, you know, was okay against LeBron, not great. Um, you know, just. Uh, an, an average game, I'd say, for Aaron Gordon. You know, I, I often say it this way. Aaron Gordon is the barometer of this team. When he plays well, when he's doing the right things, the rest of the team is doing the right things. The rest of the team is doing what it has to do. Um, and so I, I felt like Aaron 
was not necessarily taking steps in that direction or not necessarily, um, you know, not necessarily doing anything wrong. But again, when he gets the ball, when he gets the ball in the right spots, it's usually a good sign for the team. He usually takes advantage of it. When he's trying to force things, when he's trying to do, you know, kind of the, those crazy dribble moves, that's when the Magic really, really struggle as well. Nikola Vucevic does 10 points, 4 for 12, shooting over 3 from beyond the arc, 6 rebounds for him. Um, you know, not, obviously he had such a great game Wednesday, I think we kind of expected him to kind of carry that over and keep it going, and that didn't quite happen, stayed a little bit too much out of the paint, I, I felt like. Um, but again, it's it's... It wasn't like he was taking bad shots. It wasn't like he was forcing things. You know, maybe his touch was just a little bit off. Um, but, you know, overall, I think Nikola Vucevic is someone the Magic will be able to count on when, when things matter. Evan Fournier, after uh, missing all five of his shots in Wednesday's game, or all seven of his shots in Wednesday's game, including five three-pointers, seven points, three for nine shooting, one for four from beyond the arc, five assists as well for him. Um, you know, I, I think Fournier... Fournier, when he plays within himself, is at his best. Um, and so, again, the ball movement helps him a ton. He, he he wasn't trying to force things. He didn't force things. He knew he didn't really have a shot. And so he kind of waited for the offense to work for him rather than him kind of forcing the offense, which is, I think, a good sign. I think that's a really good thing for Evan Fournier, and that's ultimately going to help him when he does get more minutes, when he does play a little bit more, when he does get more shot opportunities and plays called for him. It's just good to see the ball go through the basket for him. He really seemed out of rhythm and a bit, a bit a step off um, in the first scrimmage. Again, my big thing, and 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 I don't mean to, I, I don't mean to single out Evan Fournier solely for this. He just kind of had the main matchup on LeBron for most of the night, um, which again, tough matchup for him. This team is gonna need to play a lot better defense. It has to get more physical. It has to be more into the ball uh, and really making it hard for drivers to, to, to go at them. Um, I, I, I was not impressed at all with the Magic's defense. I don't know if they're holding stuff back or kind of telling them to scale back uh, in these scrimmages and they feel comfortable with where they're at offense or defensively in practices. But I, I, have, I have not been impressed with the Magic's defense. Fournier is a symptom of that, not, you know, not the cause of it. Um, but really, the big thing for the Magic's defense in these two scrimmages has been point of attack keeping their man in front, not letting the not letting a ball handler come in from the perimeter into the paint and draw Vucevic out, who I think's been in pretty good position in both games, uh, and leave that dump off down to the center. You know, again, we'll we'll see. I don't know how much pick and roll we'll see in Wednesday in Monday's game with, with the Denver Nuggets and the lineup that they use. But the Magic have to be a lot sharper with their pick and roll coverage. Um, you know, Steve Clifford Steve Clifford agrees with all this. You know, he said that the team is still kind of getting the details down. Um, some stuff that they haven't worked on they're seeing. So they're they're trying to kind of edge out those details. I think the, the emphasis in practice has been more on playing and, and re-establishing rhythm. So, a lot going on there. A lot a lot still to do. Uh, Terrence Ross with 12 points, 2 for 10 shooting. Missed all 6 of his 3-pointers, 8 for 8 from beyond the arc. You know, no no player is going to need to find his rhythm more than Terrence Ross. Um, you know, the Magic rely on him a lot for bench scoring. Um, he's a guy that has to be making from the outside. And while he's been able to get points, while he's able to get to the foul line, getting fouled on 3-pointers a lot, Got to make shots. Again, it, so much of this is about making your open shots, with the Mag- which the Magic have struggled with in these two scrimmage games. So the Orlando Magic fall to the Los Angeles Lakers 119-112. to Once again, final scrimmage is Monday night against the Denver Nuggets. Well, that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Search your tune in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. 
You can find me on Twitter at R underscore MD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Ross and Wright. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.